0: Welcome to the Just in Case of Burns podcast with your hosts Justin and Burns.
1: All right Burns, I got a trivia question for you.
0: All right, let's hear
1: it. All right, last week I asked which male wrestler wrestler has the most career singles victories. So this week I'll ask which female wrestler has the most career singles victories in AEW history. I'll tell you this, we talked about a few of them last week, but we didn't name the one at the top of the list. I don't know if you remember that conversation, but we did not name the one at the top of the list. I do remember it slightly.
0: So, I know we talked about Jade. Britt, I'm going to say it's somebody weird that's been on Dark a lot, or or Elevation, or something like that, so let's try Nyla
1: Rose. Nyla Rose is correct, with 94. Sheeta comes in second, Hikaru Shida, I don't know if Hikaru is how you say it, uh, Sheeta comes in second, with 76, Tame Mellow, a third, 67, Thunder Rosa, 61 then's brit baker at 58 jade has 57 so she's quickly getting up there obviously um so yeah nyla rose 94 um i'm getting this information from i don't know if you know about it it's a there's an aw database online i thought it was pretty cool it has all kinds of information on there um, good i'll start studying up on that yeah so there's yeah i don't know if i'll get all my information from there but it's just a. Uh, It looks pretty comprehensive, so I'm accepting it as the truth for now. Um, We'll see if it's not. Works for me. All right, so here we are, back again. Um, Today we're going to talk about uh, Tony Khan. He teased the new show, Uh, Wardlow's opponents, the current uh, AEW tag team situation, and then we'll discuss uh, House of Black a little bit, We'll touch on the Outcast and the originals again. I uh, do a little uh, talking about Double or Nothing. And then I wanted to ask you about the uh, WWE title situation just because I'm a little confused. So I thought some people, uh, some other people have to be confused if I'm confused about it. Okay. So let's just jump right into it. Um, Your little rant last week was about the uh, new show that they're adding, and Tony Khan came out and teased it um, on Dynamite last week. I thought it was interesting that the tease came right after uh, Thunder Rosa and Miro walked into his office. So I think it kind of goes along the lines. I don't know about Miro, but I think Thunder Rosa is another one of those that kind of has rubbed people the wrong way. I know on that AEW All Access, uh, Brett Baker isn't a big fan of Thunder Rosa. So maybe Thunder Rosa is going to be another one of the headliners on the new Saturday show.
0: Yeah, uh, reports that I've heard around are saying that uh, that was part of the tease was those two see those two, um, Punk and Miro possibly being the first little uh, skirmish for that that first night, and then obviously Thunder Rosa also being put on that show to kind of get away from everybody else that uh, may not like her. So yeah, uh, Punk's first opponent probably going to be Miro. It looks like.
1: Okay. Well, that's interesting. So, I mean, obviously, I mean, we all knew it was going to happen, but now, I mean, it's kind of been, I wouldn't say it's confirmed because he didn't really say what it was, but big announcement coming next week. Pretty sure we all know that's what it's going to be.
0: Yeah. Also, I believe that the, uh, it's in Chicago, um, the first show for that Saturday. And I believe they are calling it the second coming or something to that nature. Um, so yeah, it's, it's sounding like it's all pointing towards him being on that show and that's what the tease is going to be.
1: Okay. Well, I wonder how long it'll take before they announce who all will be on the shows and all that. If it'll be a slow roll of that or if they'll just come out and say, or, you know, that kind of thing.
0: It could be a little bit of both. It could be a, a slow roll with just a couple people being permanently on that show and then everybody else kind of bouncing back and forth between the other two. Um, you're going to get your major players like the Elite, uh, Combat Club, um, being on Dynamite and you know Jericho, Thunder Rosa, um, on the new show Collision. So, But everybody else could just kind of go back and forth depending uh, on what they've got going. That's okay. what I see would be the easiest thing to, to do instead of making two defined uh, rosters um, and making people pick and choose who they want to see and, you can catch them on both shows, possibly.
1: Yeah, they do have a, a bunch of people that they need to try to get airtime. So, I mean, it is another show, but they've got a lot of talent. So, hopefully, they can make it work. But, again, I think it's, we talked about last time, how it might be happening for the wrong reasons. But we'll see how it works. Um, next topic, Wardlow. Is Christian Cage really going to be the uh, the opponent for that? Or are we just kind of delaying Luchasaurus being the actual opponent?
0: Yeah, I don't think Christian Cage is going to... He's not actually going to wrestle him. They may have a match and something happens, but I don't think they actually wrestle each other. I think this is all set up for Luchasaurus and Warblow um, to go against each other.
1: Yeah, because I mean, I'll tell you, I don't really want to see cage and Wardlow wrestle. I would want to see Luchasaurus and Wardlow wrestle. I mean, it's two big dudes. I think it'd be a fun, fun match. Um, I mean, I'm kind of, I like Wardlow, but, and I, I enjoy cage, but I just, I don't know if I want to see him really wrestle anymore. (laughs) I, I enjoy him doing what he's doing right now. Yeah. I don't mind watching him wrestle, but
0: it's not the right opponent for him. Uh, I think it was Big e that said, I like to watch two beefy men slapping meat. And that's what people want to see. Two big guys going at it. Um, you don't want to see. Wardlow's just a different type of wrestler. And Luchasaurus can kind of get in there and do a little bit of anything with some of the smaller guys. But, yeah, this is going to just be two big guys going at it.
1: Yeah, I mean, because right now they just have Wardlow going up against a bunch of scrubs. So, I mean, they got to. Do something. I mean, and I know this is kind of the direction it's been heading, but I mean, so it's he's just been going out there powerbombing a bunch of guys, and I'm okay. So let's let's get past that and get to get into the storyline here.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know if Tony doesn't know what else to do with big guys like that because it seems like it's a lot of squash matches that they're they're getting into um, same three or four moves. So it will be nice to see him with a bigger guy where they can actually do something. Because you don't have a lot of big, big guys that are going to be um, jobbers that just go in there and get squashed every week.
1: Right. Okay. Uh, another older guy that's... I'm not really sure what's going on is you know is Jeff Jarrett with Jay Lethal. Um, why is that a uh, tag team championship match at double or nothing FTR. I mean, I don't understand FTR is in it because they're the champions, but why is it not against the acclaimed? Why are we having this storyline going on? Yeah, I was excited
0: when they brought him in thinking that he would be, you know, in the back coaching, they just got rid of Regal, bring somebody else in. That's a veteran. Um, teach some younger guys, get the promo skills going because he's a great talker, which is a great wrestler, but I don't want to watch somebody in their, you know, sixties wrestling. I didn't like it when Flair was doing it. You know, I'm not a big fan of watching Sting do it just because I'm used to watching him or any of these guys back in the day when they were younger at their prime. I don't want to see that now. Um, And I, yeah, I don't know why we're getting this. There's a bunch of different options. Um, unless it just leads down the line where Lethal and maybe Briscoe team up instead. Um, you know, it was announced that Briscoe was going to be the uh, guest referee for all this. And then there's a little bit of shenanigans in there to kind of make him more impartial maybe, or maybe more biased depending on how you look at it. Um, so maybe something happens to Jared, uh, in the next, you know, couple days or whatever, and he can't go, so Briscoe kind of jumps in there. Uh, that'd be the only thing that I could see why they would be kind of going after him. It's not the knowledge on the on the story based, you know, what we see on TV, because he hadn't divulged any of that. So that'd be the only thing that I could see possibly being in the future is him teaming up with Jay Lethal.
1: Yeah, there a couple of weeks ago um, during one of their matches, uh, I think it was Excalibur made like an offhand comment about Jeff Jarrett, you know, interjecting himself into the AEW Championship conversation. I was, I was like, really? You know, I hope that was just like a mistake, you know, slip of the tongue. Didn't really mean to say it. Yeah, I think he meant tag team tag team championship. I don't think he meant
0: the actual like heavyweight championship.
1: I was like, because well, that would be not great <laughs> yeah that'd be bad all the way around for sure <laughs> yeah so yeah so those then what's, what's happened to the acclaim i mean i i don't know if they're just because they're sticking with this storyline i know the Acclaim. they're still huge they're still you know doing their thing big daddy ass and all that and so they're doing some trios matches um they're still getting on tv and everything but i mean are they gonna they're gonna come back in the tag team picture at some point right
0: yeah, I would think they would have to. Um, they were the most over tag team, if not, you know, two overall individuals yeah, altogether for a while. So taking them out of this, maybe just a little cool down so you're not continuing to get those hot people and, and it stays fresh. So put them through a couple different matches, other scenarios, and then bring them back closer towards pay per view. Um, that way they can. Uh, Try to get those belts back. I guess that's the only thing that makes sense in in that situation. Why you would keep them away from the belts that long? Um, I don't think they'd be going for the Ring of Honor Championships or anything like that. I think they're going to stay in AEW side. Um, So just that buildup of maybe both teams. Um, I know everybody wants to see FTR and the Acclaimed again going at it. I don't know if you could do that. I mean, that's kind of two face teams against each other, um, which is acceptable sometimes. I think this is one of those, but I think there needs to be a little bit of buildup between the two teams, and uh, it just takes time. So let's get them through a couple other other scenarios and then go from there. Yeah,
1: uh, that's something that I think would be I would like to see. So I don't know, maybe get through this pay per view and then maybe leading up to the next one or something. We'll get that. Um, well, speaking of trios, um, the House of Black promo with the House rules, I thought was pretty awesome, um, and just you know, basically an open call. Come for come for the belts. Here are the rules. You get to pick the last rule, um, and then the with the best friends at their last one. Their <laughs> their last rule. We don't want any crazy witches running around. <laughs> it was kind yeah. of a funny thing to throw in there. Um, but I just thought that was a really good promo. Um, and House of Black is one is a great trio right now.
0: Yeah, they're hot. Um, Decent little match that so they had going on. Uh, great promos. Uh, yeah, you got to get the comedy in there since House of Black is such a dark and straightforward group. Get, get the best friends in there. Uh, with their little jabs and stuff like that. So it it was, it was good promo, good match. Um, not totally sold on the witch, Julia Hart. Uh, I know before, before their match, I believe it was right before that, they, she had her match. And I'll tell you what, that was one that I did not pay attention to. It was, uh, kind of botchy. And, uh, there's just so many spots in that where it was a three count and she didn't kick out. She yeah. didn't, she barely turned her shoulder and um you know, I'm all for the women getting on there and
1: getting the TV
0: time, but that was it was just a a rough match to watch.
1: Yeah, I think uh the wrestling side of things she's got some work still to do, but I think this character is much better than She's with the Varsity, Varsity Brothers or whatever they were called. Um, this kind of fits her much better, I think, um, and is a much cooler character. Um, it's a much darker character, obviously, um, but she plays it really well. Um, and I guess playing as a sidekick, I, I don't really want to call people sidekicks or whatever, but because she is a professional wrestler herself, um, but she plays that role really well. Yeah, she does. Um, I always liked her and
0: whatever role she was at. Uh, I do like this. I just, there needs to be some tweaks in it for me. If you're going to be that dark, sinister person, you don't sing your own theme song walking down the aisle and just stay stoic and, and make me believe that you're a witch or you're dark and, you know, the House of Black has turned you from that bright bubbly person that we saw to this. So that'd be my only a little criticism if you even want to call it that.
1: Yeah. And before we move on, I I do want to mention that uh so in their trios match how they had the lights turned off um outside of the ring was pretty pretty neat. A really cool. Yeah, I think event. that was part of their what, uh
0: stipulation was like a house house match.
1: I mean, you know, yeah. Anybody
0: that's been to a non-taped event Knows that it's that bright light And honestly I do not mind that at all I think that it kind of keeps you in the wrestling As opposed to like Seeing the crowd behind it and everything like that I don't know what it looked like inside You know, the stadium And, and watching it from a spectator's view Live um, But I really like that I mean, It takes me back to the old days of You know, old WWF At the time on TV. Uh, Yeah, I really like that.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask if you had ever watched a match like that live and if you knew what it was like to watch. I wouldn't think it'd be because, I mean, if you go to other kind of sporting events live, they turn the lights down a bit. They don't take them out, but they turn them down. Like, if you go to a basketball game, they turn them down a little bit.
0: Yeah. um,
1: But, I mean, even
0: then, you can still see watching on TV the crowd and everything like that. Uh, I, I wouldn't imagine that it'd be not too bad because you don't have the distraction of all the other lights glaring off of anything else, but it's just focused on the ring. So I bet it would be pretty good. I believe I've seen back in the early nineties, a match or two here in town, um, that weren't taped, uh, that were like that. And from what I remember, it is all right to watch. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, so the uh, outcasts and originals—they added uh, Sheeta to the to the situation, which I think is a great addition. Um, she's definitely an original. Um, I'm not sure who else you could add as an original. I mean, there there are others, but what better than than Sheeta? Was is she the original champion, uh, or was there somebody before her? Um, I'm, I'm not sure. And I'm putting you on the spot here. I know I can probably find that easy. in the database. I've- believe it
0: was her. Um, it's been a few years now. I'm kind of shaking on, on that kind of stuff, but I believe it was. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, that's about as good an addition as you can get uh, to the original side of things, and that evens things up on both sides, right? Yeah, you would think so. Um,
0: depending on what kind of match we get, get here, maybe more sided towards them if we're getting uh, Riho was the original champ. Ah, okay. Rio. Um, But Shida has the longest reign Okay, of, of champion. Um, anyway, sidetrack. Um, yeah, I mean if it's a, a no DQ type of situation where Kendo sticks and stuff like that, she's very proficient and had more matches like that than anybody else. I mean, her and Britt have done quite a few things with Kendo Sticks and, you know, uh, Blood and Guts matches or First Blood or whatever you want to call it, more hardcore matches. So I think it would tip the scales in their favor. Um, So yeah, it's a great ad if if that's the way they're going. Um, If they want to play the story as you know, the veterans actually getting over on, on the originals, that could be a way to go, or you could have them overcoming everything that's happened to them, so they beat the outcast. Uh, a lot of ways to go on this, and I think it's
1: being a good match no
0: matter what way they they choose.
1: Yeah, and it, I, it wouldn't. We won't be getting Jamie Hayter defending her title in any way, like a one on one match at all, right?
0: Uh, not, not anytime soon. I would. Possibly think if, if the outcasts lose, um, one of them could go in, you know, kind of place the thing you, you didn't win the match. Somebody else won it for you. And, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't beat just one of us by yourself singly. So it could turn into a a singles program with any of the other three, probably Tony storm. Um, so we may see that after the fact, um, and then the other two kind of forming a tag team and, and going against each other for a couple of weeks.
1: Okay. Um, before we go to talk about the double or nothing, I want to throw one more thing in here. Um, I meant to add uh, the uh, the cage match between Omega and Moxley. Um, pretty awesome, I thought. So good. Yeah. Um, so so good. The broken glass. I thought he was grabbing thumbtacks. it was not. It was broken glass. Which I don't know which would be worse. I would think broken glass might be worse. I mean, thumbtacks stick in you. So it might be worse. But broken glass is broken glass. Yeah, broken glass.
0: Legit broken glass with jagged edges that kind of stick in there with those barbs. Couldn't be fun to try to pull out. Or um, those lacerations would be be rough to heal. So I'd rather take thumbtacks, I think.
1: Yeah. Well, and then they had the barbed wire around the chair and they were laying on the chair and jumping on each other. And a couple of times they kind of scooted and which they probably weren't supposed to do because I mean, you jump on them and then jump off. But they kind of scooted across the chair, which probably dragged the barb in a little bit. Oh, yeah. Um, so it probably didn't feel that great. Uh, I thought it was a good mix of great wrestling and blood, uh, for lack of a better term. Um, and then you know there's a bit of an inside joke between us when they went through the fence my first thought went back to Taker going through the fence and worrying about our friend Ralph who was working yes. uh, in Indy when Undertaker went through the steel cage yeah but we uh, just of the
0: pay-per-views and he told us that he was ringside doing camera work and we saw him on on the pay-per-view a couple of times and he was standing right where Undertaker was going going through and as soon as it it went through. We all kind of looked at each other and went, oh no, they killed Ralph. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: So we all started texting him and obviously didn't hear anything back because he was working. So we just assumed he was dead. Um, but he wasn't, obviously. So I just wanted to mention that I'm I'm not a very gullible person, person until it comes to wrestling, apparently. Because there were three moments in that match because I was like, holy shit, they broke the, they broke the cage. And then Holy shit. Kenny Omega's hurt because I thought he was really hurt because he was like my knee. And I swore he pointed at the doctor and said, this is done pointing at his knee. And then they went to Moxley kind of like doing his thing. I thought he was buying time and then it didn't take me. It took me until Don Callis was in the ring with the screwdriver thinking, okay, they broke the cage so Don Callis could get in here and do this. And I was like, I'm a pretty gullible person when it comes to wrestling. And it took me way too long to figure this out. You're <laughs> um, but Mark you've been talking about this. You
0: bit, the, you bit on what they're trying to feed you.
1: Yep. <laughs> I absolutely did. So excellent writing. Whoever wrote that for AEW. But you've been talking about this um, with me for a while. I don't know if we talked about it on the show or on the podcast um, about Don Callis splitting away from, uh, Omega and the elite. Um, so I wanted to bring that up to make sure we could talk about that a little bit.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I thought originally I was thinking that Callus was behind everything that the black bull combat club was doing. Uh, now with the reactions from like Boxley and, and, uh, Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, um, Not too sure if it's more of, hey, we need to, he's behind all of this and he's been orchestrating it, or if he's just trying to make Kenny realize that he doesn't need anybody but him and trying to push him away from the Elite. So I don't know if it was just happy accident, what story they're going to tell. I'd rather Callus join uh, the Combat Club just because I think it's... It'd be awesome. I mean, he's great at talking. Not that anybody else in there isn't, but he could talk while Moxley or you know is out doing his thing or whatever. And and if uh, you know Claudio and Wheeler go after something, he could be their spokesperson. Um, but it could just be him trying to get Omega away and realize that he doesn't need the bucks and that's what all this has been. And he doesn't even need him. Maybe, you know, maybe you did that. And I don't know what he whispered when he, you know, went up to him, but it could have been like, you don't need any of us. And so that's his way to kind of go away. So Kenny can just do everything on his own and, and realize that he just needs to be on his own and not in the elite anymore.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just want to bring that up because it was, I thought it was a great match. And kind of cool what they did, even though I, I fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. Um, but it was great. All right, so double or nothing, uh, the matches we have are the Four Pillars Championship match. Uh, we talked about Wardlow and, well, is has Wardlow been confirmed for a match? Um, I don't think that's actually been confirmed yet. Uh, we talked that's about that's FTR. Right. So, what other matches do we think they're going to be? There's uh, Jericho and Cole will probably happen, right?
0: Yeah, I would think that's kind of on the docket. Got a few more weeks to see where that's going. It's a little odd. I think that they would put Cole up against somebody else. Um, But who knows anymore? Uh, You know, with. I could see them getting into a trios and, and. You know, going from there, uh, with him, it's hard to say. Uh, they just haven't been doing anything with him really, uh, since he's been back, and maybe he's not cleared to actually like get in there and wrestle wrestle. It's been mostly promos and things like that, Um, so maybe that's what they're waiting on. But as it looks, yeah, I would say Jericho and Cole are gonna gonna have a match.
1: Yeah, because I guess it could even be a tag team because with uh, is it Roderick Strong coming back now? Yep. Uh, um, And so that it's a one on one match with Roderick Strong and Strong and Jericho next week, um, with Cole not being able to be in the building and the JAS Society not allowed to be in the building. Um, We'll see how that works out. Yeah, and that could be
0: leading up to like a Kyle O'Reilly coming back and then you know joining them back up. Um, it, that it, he's gonna need somebody if it's a, the whole JAS. So maybe look for that next next Wednesday.
1: Okay, and then I'm assuming we'll have something with the Blackpool Combat Club and all Elite, although that may have changed a little bit with the shenanigans that happened with the steel cage match, like you were talking. Uh, if Kenny Omega is kind of breaking off onto his own, uh, I mean he'll still be have the young bucks, but. We'll have to see where that, where that goes. Yeah. Um, I'd say
0: it's going to probably be if, if they sell this with an injury to his leg, like they were selling it, and, you know, anything else that happened would kind of write him off for a little bit until um, he fakes, I would assume, Moxley again. You could have the Young Bucks versus... Boxley and Danielson. Um, because with uh, Claudio and Wheeler going for the Ring of Honor tag titles, I'd say you're not going to get three at all, you know, a mix of those three there. Um, so maybe
1: just a tag team between those two groups. Is that who uh, he picked for the Ring of Honor, is Wheeler?
0: I would assume that's who he's going to pick. They've been Tagging together for the past few weeks
1: now, okay. um, and they work well together. So
0: I would, I'm gonna assume that's who they're gonna go with.
1: Okay. Well, are there any other matches? You, I mean, that you think might happen is Orange Cassidy gonna have a match, maybe? Or, I mean, he's been wrestling a lot, so I don't know if they'd put him in pay per view. Yeah, I
0: mean, he's got an open challenge, and he's been you know fighting every week, so. It'd be stupid for him not to. He's over. People want to watch him and see him. Uh, don't know who he's he'd be facing because he faces random people every week, it seems like. Um, so, yeah, him, TBD, I guess,
1: would we'll put on that. Okay. okay, we'll keep our eye on that um, and talk about it again next time we're on here. So We'll move on to uh, WWE. And like I said, I just wanted to uh, go over the who has the belts right now. Uh, we've talked about this a bit in person. And I just wanted to have this discussion on here just to kind of go over. Because they had that whole draft. They said they were going to shake things up and all this other stuff. And I don't think it was nearly as big as Triple H made it out to be. Um, they didn't really draft people individually or break anybody up. Um, and then... I'm just confused because Bianca Belair is the raw women's champion who's now on SmackDown and Rhea Ripley is the Smackdown women's champion who is now on Raw. Um, how does that work? Do they I think you told me at one point they'll just change belts, like do they just walk in each other and say, Hey here's the belt and here's the belt. No. You're the SmackDown champion, and you're the Raw champion. Yeah, that's what they did last time
0: and uh, that's where Becky and Charlotte got into their little heated flare-up and, you know, I believe it was Charlotte threw the belt on the on the ground and said, here it is and uh, Becky did the same thing and there was some real heat between them because of all of that. Don't think we're going to get that again just because of that situation. Uh, if they do it, it'll maybe be behind the scenes. I think what they should personally do because um, we're going to night of champions, right? All champions are going to fight. So what you do is you have Bianca and Rhea putting their belts on the line and whoever wins gets to keep the belt for whatever program they're on. The other one goes into a tournament to crown the champion for that show. could do the same with... Uh, Tag team championships. That's how you're going to split up those tag championships. Obviously, they're both going to get dropped uh, because Sammy and Kevin won't go over to, you know, the Saudi show. So if, if you did that, um, they're going to drop the belts to, I would assume, the Usos would be the number one contenders. So they get the SmackDown belts and then you go into a tournament, tag tournament, over on Raw for the Raw belts where they would probably win again. Um That seems like the best idea to me to do something like that other than just going, here, take this belt, take this belt, and be on your merry way. Uh, Didn't make much sense to me. I don't know why you couldn't have just... If you wanted X, Y, and Z with Bianca Belair or with Rhea Ripley, why you just didn't draft them to the opposite brand? um, Yeah. and And get, you know, Dominic and Ray apart so you just flip-flop them. They just switched shows basically, which you could have kept your champions on the same show and then moved everybody else around them. Right. To place to place it to best fit your needs. Unless it was a a network thing that said, "Hey, we want, you know, Bianca on SmackDown, so and, you know, you're getting this over person and Roman Reigns on SmackDown, so we need you know, Rhea Ripley on Raw, Cody on Raw, things like that.
1: Yeah. No, I really like that idea because then you, I mean, you get a good match of Bianca Belair and Rhea, and Rhea Ripley. Um, and you know, you win, and you it, means yeah, yeah, it, it means, means something. Yeah, it means something.
0: It means yeah. something. So they're gonna they're gonna go at it. You could, I mean, you could do this at Survivor Series too.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, and just that's do thing. the brands. That would be a huge a huge match. Uh, and yeah, like you said, it works for the tag team belts too. Cause uh, I mean, that's next on my list because they, they have both of them and obviously you want to split them up. Um, and so that's a good way of doing it.
0: Yeah. I think you got to, I mean, you're going to
1: have a heavyweight championship basically
0: on both, both shows. Now you've got, you know, the U S and the intercontinental. So you got your mid mid titles and then you got your women's champions on each one. Um, yeah, you need your tag belts on each one too. I would think if they wanted to bring up uh, like the NXT titles or uh, women's tag titles and bring bring them up and then put them on a show, and then that just becomes, you know, I believe they're on SmackDown the current ones that got drafted. So then you just give them the the belts and or bring the belts that they have since they don't want to drop them in NXT. Just promote those belts to. Uh, the SmackDown women's tag belts, and now you've got belts for everybody equal across the board.
1: Yeah. And so at the Intercontinental and the United States Championship, those aren't exclusive to shows, um, but obviously the, pe- the people that hold them are exclusive to shows. So how would those ever switch shows? Would it just be pay-per-views? I don't think they will. I think you keep them on those
0: shows because it's, like I said, it's a mid-card belt. So you keep, uh, you just keep them going back and forth through there. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put them anybody against each other because how? My problem with putting pay per views together where you're having somebody Raw versus SmackDown is there's no buildup for that unless you keep them going back and forth to each show, and that kind of defeats the purpose of a draft and saying you're drafted to this show or that show if they can just go back and forth. So keep everybody where they are, keep your belts where they are and just have them exclusive to that brand. I mean, the universal championship is going to be, you know, on SmackDown. It's not leaving there. And this new, you know, world heavyweight championship is going to be a raw. So just do it for everybody. It makes more sense. It's easier to follow for everybody.
1: Yeah. And so, yeah, Roman Reigns was the next one to talk about. So obviously so the one he's going to keep is the Universal Championship, and they're going to strip him of the WWE Championship. Is that? No, they're going to keep works?
0: both. Uh, no, because the the heavyweight championship is a whole different belt altogether. So it's like the old, uh, the old belt. So I think it's he's just going to continue to keep the Universal WWE Championship um, combined, carry two belts when he loses it, maybe they will combine those two belts into one. Um, but I think as long as he's, he's got it, he's wearing both of them.
1: Oh, lovely. Okay. And then just to touch on the, though, the world is the world heavyweight championship. Um, I, I'm just going to give you my opinion here. I think it's, it'd be dumb to have anybody other than Seth Rollins win it. Um, I yeah, don't... he has to. <laughs> He's
0: I, I mean, he he has to because he won the tournament for the Raw belt. And you've got another tournament that's going on, you know, Friday night on the SmackDown side, and those two, you're not going to put that belt on somebody on SmackDown unless you're moving them to Raw permanently. Right. And if you're I mean... doing that, what's the point of drafting them to SmackDown and then pushing them over there? So, yeah, Seth Rollins 100% going to win this boat.
1: Well, the only reason my that might happen is would be my biggest fear is that Austin Theory is going to win this damn thing. Uh, the only thing that would be worse than that is that they somehow find a way for Roman Reigns to end up with it. But he's my biggest fear in this... huh? He's not in the tournament. He can't win it. Uh, well, yeah, he's not right now. But <laughs> <laughs> My biggest fear in this whole thing is that Austin Theory somehow ends up with his belt. Um, but I mean, they could have, the only other thing that they could do that would make
0: any sort of sense would be somebody on SmackDown, if they won the belt, they'd have to make a trade. And so the only person that you would trade for, but it would have to be a big name and Cody would go over so he could finish the story. And But again, I think that's more politics and, and yeah. you know, TV, TV, Going, no, we want, we need these big names. You can't put them all over on this show or that show. Uh, that'd be the only way it made sense. If somebody on SmackDown actually won that belt, was to do a trade, and then Cody goes over there so he could finish that story. But right, yeah, it's gonna be Rollins. I, I put all the money I have in my bank account right now
1: on that women. Yeah, he's just so he's so fun to watch, and he's just it's a. It's a great time right now to be Seth Rollins, I think. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks for that discussion. That was a good one. I, uh, I was a bit confused with all that and how that works. So. All right. Well, let's move on to Burns' top five. Still haven't come up with a better name for that. Well, we're, we're, we're working on it. Workshopping. Um, so this week we are doing best top five tag teams. We are, and
0: I just want you to know that I really hate you for this top five, because you told me this <laughs> is what you wanted to do. And for the better part of four hours today, I sat in my office going over all of these tag teams from years and years back. And I, I started thinking to myself, because I made a list, and then I looked at that list and, and went, "Are these really tag teams? Or are they factions? or are they stables?" Oh, because I look at it and I go, should the new day be in? Or they're one of the best tag teams, but are they a tag team? Because there's three of them. And so who do you say is the best part of the tag team? Is Kofi and Big E better than Kofi and Woods, or you know, you you've got too many people. So I did it as just the people that were in the tag team. So if somebody else came in later and replaced somebody. I do not count them as as being the tag team um which could piss quite a few people off that some of these people aren't on my top five but <laughs> in the top five are there are the people that have always been in this tag team and they are the tag team so we will start at number five um and i think that's the Hell of okay. a good tag team um loved watching them they had one of the best matches with uh FTR, um, just rough and, and uh, fun to watch. Um, I always enjoyed watching them, um, and I didn't didn't get to watch a lot of them live, unfortunately, um, pretty much when they started with, uh, when they were showing some of the Ring of Honor stuff when AEW bought them and when they were in AEW. But I have looked at some of their previous you know matches. I went back and watched those, so um, just... Amazing, so I put them at number five. At my number four, Harlem Heat. Great okay. promos, great, great in ring stuff. Um, you know, created one Hall of Famer out of that. Um, Booker T's one of the best, uh, worked well together, it, it was seamless. Um, there's slightly a theme right here that I'm going with. If, if You'll get to it as well. As you'll see this, but uh, they always knew what they were doing. The, each other one was doing. I um, think uh, they are one of the best. They're probably very underrated, too, compared to a lot of the tag teams that, that people would think of. So I got them in my number four. Uh, my number three is the Steiner brothers. They were one of my favorites growing up. Um, just some of the stuff that they did was, you know, you never saw it before. Um and I was a big WCW guy, uh more than WWE back in the day. Don't know why, but I was I uh, love seeing them um just cuz their their singlets that they wore and the, you know, the actual pro- like college wrestling and and how they integrated that with, you know, the aspect of professional wrestling. Um love them. Didn't like their singles careers all that much. I think they're much better as a tag team, and that um, kind of proves the way uh, why they're number three. Gonna preface this and don't believe in any of the things that they have said outside of the ring on either of their parts, but in the ring talent alone, uh, I think they are my number three. Number two, the Hardy Boys. Yep. Yep. can't get much better than them um same thing i don't think anybody's gonna not deny that they're not one of the top in the top five of anybody's tag teams um and again all these so far just been those guys in these tag teams and they've all been you know brothers
1: yep <laughs> um, so
0: kind of going with the theme here um but yeah loved watching the hardy boys uh I think one of the biggest pops I've ever had was when they actually, they returned, um, a few years ago and, and the new day introduced them and that pop was just so huge. And, you know, so many people will say, I don't think any guy in their, you know, thirties to forties, when you ask them, you know, to put up three fingers, you know, yeah, it's a Jeff Hardy way. So, um, They're my number two, and my number one are the Usos. I don't think you can deny that they're one of the best tag teams out there. Uh, they proved it over the past, I don't know how many years they've been been around, probably seven or eight years, just shot to the top. They're doing some of the best work of any tag team um, today Uh, for the past six months that this whole bloodline... story has been amazing um, great on the promos great at high flying great at wrestling and putting people over just doing doing everything so I'm gonna say they are my number one and yes I have left out a lot of people um, I'm looking at my list right now and I probably have 30 different tag teams in front of me but half of them I consider more of a faction or a stable which I'm sure at some point in time we'll get to um, before I did this I had LOD as my you know in my top five but <laughs> yeah. they had um, you know Crush and Draws and like all these other guys have come in and out of there so couldn't put them um, but yeah there's my top five Usos, Hardys, Steiners, Harlem Heat and the Briscoes
1: all right i like that list a little disappointed the bushwhackers aren't in there but hey you know they were on the outer (laughs) edge they were
0: probably (laughs) between them and uh the what's it the headbangers
1: yeah
0: mosh and thrash um they were they would have been in my top 10 if we were doing 10 for sure
1: yeah okay all right well what else do you want to talk about i thought i'd just bring up the uh you know, the NHL playoffs are just going exactly how we talked about, you know, two weeks ago. I mean, you know, we said the Florida Panthers would be right in there on the absolutely the, getting ready to win the, the next playoff series against the Leafs um, after knocking out the Bruins. Um, Carolina ready to advance, um, but you know, that's what makes the NHL playoffs great. Um, yeah, Brad, you
0: never know who's going to win, and uh who's going to step up to the plate and, and take over a series. Uh, it's one thing I do like about the playoffs is uh, in the NHL, at least that once the college season's over, if those guys are out of the playoffs, they'll call, you know, some of these college guys to come and sign them for the playoffs and, and bring them in. And they just make a, a world of difference. Um, saw that a few years ago with one of my favorite players, Torrey crew came in and earned himself a spot on, on the Bruins top D line. And, uh yeah, it's going exactly like I would have betted if I was a betting
1: man. <laughs> yeah, then the uh, the basketball playoff sides going a little more. I don't script isn't the right word because you know we all know it's not scripted, but um, the Nuggets are they just won their series, so they're waiting for the next either Lakers or Warriors. Who the Lakers are again are went away from getting there, um, and then Boston still going strong. Well, they're they're in a game seven now against against Philly. Uh, and the Heat are getting ready to knock out the Knicks, so things are a little little strange on the basketball side as well. But I still think it's going to end up being Boston and Denver. Should be a
0: good series if that's if
1: that's the case. Uh, I don't yeah. watch too much of it, but
0: you know those are two of my favorite hockey towns, so I'll I'll go with that on basketball for now too. Then
1: yeah, and then I just got one quick uh, funny story for you before we go. Um, Every year my family goes on a vacation in July and we go down and watch a uh, a minor league or it's a college like summer baseball league down in Du County they're called the D- the DC bombers and so my dad bought us all tickets the other day um, and my dad's name is is Mike Braun and he get, he got the email back and it said, "Hello Senator Braun." Uh, we noticed you uh, bought tickets to to our game coming up. Would you be interested in throwing out the first pitch for our celebrity first pitch? <laughs> and just so you all know, my dad is not Senator Mike Braun. He just shares the name with him. Um, so your dad's said, way,
0: way too much of an honest man not to go. No, I don't want to do that. But I will take your your suite or whatever.
1: <laughs> no, no, and we. I mean we. We would. I would love to have fun with that, um, but I think we might get in a little trouble for impersonating a government official. Um, so sadly, yeah. we, I thought I'd you know offer my services as a failed city county council candidate, you know, and offer to throw out the first pitch. But I don't think they'd they'd accept that. I think you um, should
0: tell them to say yes, and we get black suits and black glasses, and we just pretend we're his security. Yeah, out I am going to go down.
1: I am going to go down there and. Uh, See if I can defend my uh, my dizzy bat title from last year. There you go. Uh, see if, see if they'll let me do that again this year. But, but yeah, just a, a shameless plug though for for those minor league and college baseball leagues. If you have a chance to go see that, that stuff, the the fun they put on and the environment they have at those things. Uh, the 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 boy county is where they actually filmed a, a league of their own uh, in the, in that stadium. And it's just, it's a really cool environment and a great time. So, all right. Well, I think that's all we got. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, you know, if you like the show, subscribe. Tell your friends, family. Have them subscribe. And then uh, anything else, Josh?
0: No, it's just uh, thanks again for everybody who listens. Um, hopefully we can do this more often. Uh, I know it's summer coming, it's a little bit harder for both of us to get it, but we'll definitely do it every two weeks, hopefully sneak in a, uh, another one every once in a while for you guys, a little bonus in between those two weeks, and uh, maybe even try to get together for a, uh, a live live recording with us in person, watching some, uh, watching some pay-per-views, we got a, a busy weekend, Coming up here in what two or three weeks? Yeah, um, I think that would be good. Got AEW and WWE both both have uh, have some events going on, so maybe we can get together and catch you guys on Twitch or set up some channel like that, YouTube, something like that.
1: Okay. All right. Well, thanks for listening. This was just in case it burns. We'll catch you next time. See ya.
0: Thanks for joining us on this episode of Just In Case in Birds. Please don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Tell a friend about us, and we'll see you next time.